Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The match ball. Hello there. The show is brought to you by Levi Solicitors, who will offer you a ten percent discount if you go through us. Get your legal fees. Discounted at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Hello, I'm Dan Moylan and I have with me usual two, Michael Normanson. Hello. And Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. Hello. The Matchball 30 charts our journey, a real-time journey, game by game, 30 years on from our promotion in 1990 to lifting the league title in 1992. And today we start with scandal. An argument has been waged, but an argument has been lost. It has not come down on the side of of Leeds United, and I think this is really unfair, but not for the first time. It is just like the 1970s, only with uh, the ZDS Cup at stake, which is less important, but it also is potentially ruining our our league campaign as well, which is is not so nice. About fatigue, isn't it? This is ridiculous, given the sort of January, February we had in the Cups, to then have this thrust upon us. Trying to get into Europe, finishing third, and we also want to go to Wembley, so there's lots of things we want, but as Howard Wilkinson points out, tiring us out for important games against our league rivals is unhelpful and also cramming the ZDS Northern Area final into the space of three nights is also not helpful to that competition. People might start to think that the Zenith Data Systems Cup is not a prestigious, respected, worthwhile competition that people should be clamouring and falling over themselves to enter. For me, it was always the Thinking Man's League Cup, Thinking Man's Rumbleos, but Here we are. Yeah, so today is Sunday the 17th of March and we are playing Everton across two legs in the ZDS Northern Area Final. First leg is in two days' time, Tuesday, as it was in 1991. And then the second leg, Thursday. No one plays football on a Thursday. That'll never catch on. Uh, That's the second leg of the Northern Area Final. uh, A lot of games. It's live on the television as well. Some channel called British Sky Broadcasting, I think they're called. Something like that. They've picked it up. Are they the ones with the funny shaped satellite dishes? There, they've got the square reels. Are they? Oh, I'm not sure because the, it's Alan Sugar's got the square reels, isn't it? That's why I'm, I'm sure they're probably going to be the ones that catch on. You won't see a house without a square satellite dish on it before long. All the satellite dishes I've ever known, the best ones, the most effective ones, definitely uh, non-circular in shape. It is all annoying because none of it's our fault. And this is what Howard Wilkinson keeps coming back to. The fixtures were set before we even knew who we were playing because Barnsley can't get their game with Everton played on Oakwell's pitch because it's shocking. And that's not our problem. They should, um, they should be made to forfeit that and just let Everton pass to the next round so we can face Everton for definite. That would have been helpful. Do it in the first place. Mm. Um, and now, as, as Howard says, during all my career in soccer management, this is the craziest situation I have been involved in. The league's been pushing clubs to become involved in the ZDS and a decision like this only values it. We've made our feelings and our objections known to the league, so it seems we shall have to play under protest. I don't know if there's, we're going to be 
running out with banners and <laughs> t-shirts and all sorts like that going on. But um, protesting by being very tired while trying to play football, I think is probably what is going to go on. Well, I mean, it could be another classic match like this Arsenal one. That's a an indication of where the players are at before we've even got to the ZDS. Or do we play Dylan Kerr as a protest? Well, this one, uh, the Sunday big match, moved for TV coverage. The TV companies interfering with the schedule. Not, I'm not a fan of that, and I think that should be stamped out immediately. However, it is one of the biggest matches of the season. Arsenal at Highbury and a return there for, for John Lukic. So the side's at Highbury. We got has, he, John... has he played Arsenal before since we've signed him? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> trying to think of any recent one. No, none, none come to mind. This um, is the sixth time yeah. we've played them, isn't it? It's, it's a lot of games. There's, there's a bit of Arsenal fatigue. That's it now, isn't it? Reassure me. We can't somehow get them in. They're not going to create another cup that we have to play them in. I think this is the, the last time for this season anyway. There's always next year. We should get a couple of years off, really, shouldn't we? Maybe Just not bother. A couple of pre-season friendlies against them, home and away, two-legged affair. The John Lukic shield. Anyway, John Lukic is in goal for Leeds with Mel Sterland and Mike Whitlow, the full-backs. The two Chris's Fairclough on white at centre-half with David Batty, Strachan, McAllister and Speed across midfield. Bobby Davison stays in the starting lineup with Lee Chapman alongside him up front, with John McClelland and Carl Schutt making up the bench. Arsenal, young man by the name of David Seaman, Lee Dixon, Nigel Winterburn, Steve Ball, Tony Adams, David O'Leary, uh, Michael Thomas, David Hillier, Alan Smith, Kevin Campbell, and Paul Merson. That, for me, the archetypal Arsenal lineup. On the bench, though, Paul Davis and David Rowcastle sat alongside a bloke called George Graham. I mean, you booed David O'Leary there. I mean, he's a good player still, but I think he'll probably hit his peak in a few years' time. That's when we should maybe take a look at him. A lot of defenders in there. A lot of defenders. They don't concede many goals, though, so it does seem to make sense, doesn't it? They're very, very meagre when it comes to conceding goals, which is why they're at the top of the division. And with you know things looking pretty ropey at Liverpool, with Dalglish going, they've got to be odds-on favourite now to, to lift this title. So a tough, a tough afternoon in store and a tough afternoon it proved, if only because the entertainment value wasn't particularly that high. And why was this then? I personally enjoyed watching two goalkeepers kick a ball to each <laughs> other for pretty much the entire match. That seemed to be mainly what was going on. I mean, it was windy, I think, as well, which maybe wasn't always helping. But yeah, it was it was pretty dreadful. It wouldn't, you wouldn't think this was a, a game between two of the top sides in this country. I'm blaming Arsenal. That defensive lineup is shocking. You know, Lee Dixon and Nigel Winterburn, the full-backs, Steve Bald, Tony Adams, David O'Leary. You don't need all of them. Just two would be fine. Oh, but then all three up against Chapman and uh, and Davis and Weston. We couldn't get close to them. And, and the other side of that is we're not bad defensively either. So up against a, a front three, it was sort of a front three for Arsenal. Alan Smith in the middle, Paul Merson playing wide left, and then Kevin Campbell, who was a striker, was their wide right player and just... You know, I mean, Mike Whitlow had him in his pocket all day, so there was nothing coming from from that point of view. How many did he uh, score? David Rocastle on the bench, who is a flair player, an exciting player who can create things and make things happen. Anders Limpart, not in the squad, another exciting flair player who can make things happen. It's weird because Arsenal going for the championship and being as good as they are, you'd think they could afford to put a slightly more exciting team up against recently promoted Leeds United, but not to be. Effective though, wasn't it? It was effective. Um, there's a certain degree of respect built into it, I guess, given how good we are, the steps forward that we've made. But maybe one of the other killer factors in this is that because we have played them so many times recently, it just was a bit tedious. They kind of cancelled each other out for large spells. It is annoying as well that we've not 
in in none of these games have we been far behind Arsenal, but we also haven't managed to win any of them, which seems a bit unfair. I feel like we did, we should have had at least one win. When there was some football, I think we were a bit better than. I mean, their midfield two of David Hillier and it was Mickey Thomas with him, wasn't it? Up against Batty and McAllister, McAllister couldn't make much happen. But if there was any nice football played, it was it was us. But trying to get to our actual strikers through that tower of fucking jailbird shite, <laughs> which Adams is recently out of jail. Yes. Um, where he had been for, I can't remember, what was he in for? Just drink driving. Drink driving. Um, so he's he's only been back on the streets a matter of weeks, um, straight into their team. And, it, you know, Gordon Strachan, you give him the ball, but he can't get the ball to Lee Chapman. And if that's not happening, we're not really happening. And there's a sort of a desire for a win here because Liverpool did beat Sunderland yesterday on the Saturday fixtures and Palace beat Derby. So it's kind of an imperative here that we get three points, but unfortunately, no way through. Although, arguably it peaked in the opening 10 minutes when it was a little bit more open. It was our only good chance, wasn't it, essentially? The one that the one that fell to Chapman. But yeah, there was there was not an awful lot created in the game from us. It felt like it felt like they were just catching us offside an awful lot, which I know is one of those George Graham stereotypes, but it was just very frustrating to watch. Yeah, that that chance right at the start, there were actually a few chances for both in the first Well, let's let's 10 do, mention the Lukic save first because that's I thought that's a brilliant save, is that some fantastic goalkeeping. Yeah, there was a cross from an Arsenal free kick Smith headed it down into the six yard box and from it can't have been more than four yards out with Lukic on his line. Campbell just needed to put the ball in the nets, but he could not because John Lukic is a brilliant goalkeeper who should be playing for England. He did another really good thing in this game as well, where he, he saw a through ball coming through and he was out really quickly to snuff it out. So he was probably the best. Is that the time just after that when he absolutely clattered Campbell in the penalty area? <laughs> That's fine. I didn't see that. Get away with it though. 30 years ago, not these days. Well, there were replays and nobody seemed to think there was a massive problem about it. He'd sort of, I don't know if he was first to the ball. It was very close between the two of them, but certainly he connected with the striker in a way that probably um, some people might want to give a penalty for that, but not the referee. Different days. Not the referee for this one. And ours, that their chance there came from a free kick. Ours at least had the distinction of coming from open play. Batty with one of his trademark big looping crosses that goes high across the penalty area to where Gary Speed is rising. I think he's up above David O'Leary, who is about twice his height, but that doesn't matter. Gary Speed heads the ball across and Lee Chapman ahead of all the defenders, completely unmarked, but it's an awkward height. He sort of tries to head it a bit, but it's really there's, soft. There's no, and, well, because Speed heads it almost sideways back across the goal, there's very little momentum in the ball, is it? Because he's having to direct it 90 degrees to already, his right. It's already bounced as well, which has yeah. taken loads of the pace out of it. And he, he, so should, should, may, he should maybe have taken a touch and tried to... Mm, I don't know. I'm but... thinking bicycle kick. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's perhaps a volley of... I mean, imagine that. You're talking Bambi on ice level stuff there, aren't you? But no, it's, it's a fair point. Like it, The ball was rising from a bounce with little momentum on it. So to get anything on it, I think he did really, really well to direct it to the right. I mean, we've seen Chapman with his head and with his feet. And his head is generally the more reliable. So you you can't fault him for going for it, I suppose. And, and, he, he, and he still forces the save. He is up against also the second best goalkeeper in the country, David Seaman, who... Um, they signed to replace Lukic. So he's got to do better than that to beat David Seaman anyway. So even if it had been good, it may not have gone in. Then they had a chance. Um, there is a bit of a penalty call after that as well when I think Chapman gets in Seaman's way as much as anything, but there's a bit of a tangle. I'm sure these days it'd be looked at. 
yeah, the last one still in the first 10 minutes. So it's looking quite exciting at this point. Across to Paul Merson at the back post and he shoots, uh, but Lukic and White are both on the line and sort of they both kick it off at the same time. And that's the game. <laughs> yeah, it didn't really get much better from there, did it, unfortunately? Because uh, like you were saying, the defensive structure of Arsenal's was just... Uh, it's like a brick wall. I mean, they've only conceded 12 in 26 league games, so you can kind of see where they're going with this. And going forward, they didn't really have many ideas because all their creative players were missing. They were relying on Kevin Campbell to take on Mike Whitlow. They were just putting, um, it was kind of a consistent pass from O'Leary over the top, trying to put him behind Whitlow. And then if he did somehow manage to beat Sir Wits, then Chris Fairclough was there to kind of stop it. And Campbell isn't great. Like his final ball crossing is not his game as a striker, so he's not really got the the precision to find Alan Smith from those positions, but that's all they were doing. They would just get banging it there. And as much as they were catching us offside, we caught them offside. And Jimmy Greaves on the commentary, <laughs> um, he summed it up quite well when he, he just sort of mused to himself that it, it really does need somebody to do something. But the viewing public had a lovely Sunday afternoon snooze on the big match. You could have just sat in your armchair and quietly dozed off and not really missed that much. I think maybe some of the Arsenal players just missing their uh, Sunday afternoon in the pub millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me that wasn't an option i never really was a salad guy that's just not who i am but noom worked for me get your personalized plan today at noom.com real noom user compensated to provide their story in four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I mean, what is this tactical madness in the second half in a bid to try and break through their backline? Strack and Speed ended up swapping wings. I'm not sure if it was to break through their backline or to stop them breaking through ours. It was either it looked more like Strachan was. Um, helping Whitlow or more likely Speed trying to help Sterling against Merson. But it was unusual to see them swap and that was, you know, that was something interesting that happened. We did fail to get to grips with Merson a bit. I was watching it going, show him onto his left, show him onto his left and he just kept cutting infield past Always, always terrifying and it goes back to the FA Cup games. Him and Limpar were the two. Yeah, but I mean, he, he didn't score so that's fine. But he could have done in fairness. There were a couple of times, well, like half chances from the edge of the box where he he jinked across and we failed to pick him up. I mean, Jimmy Greaves, though, on the co-coms, saying this must go down as one of Arsenal's worst performances of the season because we did great in keeping them out. We didn't keep them out, though, did we? We didn't. Not ultimately, no. <laughs> it felt like we might. That was the frustrating thing. It, 
you can almost accept the crap game when you get something from it, can't you? This was it was the worst of all worlds was to concede relatively late on. It was just like, oh, for fuck's sake. Arsenal again. Yeah, when they went ahead, there wasn't really that feeling that we were going to come back into it. Because I think after 80 minutes of a game like that, you and, can't... And it's, and it's not just 80 minutes. It's five games and 80 minutes. Exactly. And you can't suddenly switch your whole stance around and your whole mentality around. Think, right, we're going to go absolutely hell for leather and attack those three shit houses at the back and score and equalise in the last 10 minutes. So one goal looked like it was going to be enough, which means it's probably a little bit unfair that they then scored two. 1-0 to the Arsenal is the song, and they disrespected their own chance. Are we saying it was a fluke goal as well? I mean, it was quite nicely worked, wasn't it? Smith had pulled White out of position at, over to the right, slotted the through ball for Campbell, but he did put it through Lukic's legs, which mm. he didn't mean to do. No, he just whacked it, didn't he? And uh, unsurprisingly, it came from a David Seaman drop kick, um, which <laughs> Whitlow cleared, headed back, but then... Lee Dixon immediately put the ball wide to Alan Smith, who had gone where Whitlow would have been if he wasn't busy heading that clear. So Chris White went out to him, and that meant that Kevin Campbell then had the space where Chris White would have been, um, that Whitlow didn't follow him into, probably somebody else's fault, and Smith dribbled in, passed into that space, and that's where they scored. So Mm. it was the one time in the game annoying when our defensive structure just got pulled out and it wasn't by some like incredible piece of play not it like the just, second goal just a long well, kick and yeah the, one, the second goal second goal one hell of a through ball one hell of a through ball from uh, Chris Fairclough and that wasn't his fault it was just a little toe poke trying to clear it wasn't he it's probably a David Seaman assist actually at this one isn't it it's just a massive goal kick there's, ahead there's, of... there's sort of a, a rugby union vibe to these goals really where somebody just gets it and boots it up the other end of the pitch yeah, that's more or less it. And it, there's a lucky finish again. He hits it right into the ground, doesn't he? I mean, maybe I'm not giving Campbell any credit here. No, it's it's total fluke. Yeah. It's a really untidy, horrible goal and therefore doesn't count. But yeah, Smith um, beats White to the flick on and Chris Fairclough is stretching. He tries to get it with, away with his toe end, but it just succeeds in going through to Campbell. Yeah, who... it's a Smith, a Smith assist, isn't it? He does get a, a touch on, but then not before. I wonder if Fairclough gets it because he did. I think there's a touch from Fairclough. Well, there is, yeah. He kicks yeah. it onto Campbell's shoulder and then the ball's just bouncing anywhere and he he kicks it into the ground and you can see Lukic has made the right move to save it he's gone down to stop it from being slotted beneath his body which is what Campbell tries to do but he hits it so hard into the ground that it bounces up and you see Lukic's despairing arm reaching up and the ball is just probably another glove length away from his fingertips I'll say this we did have a chance late on uh, Shutty who's come off the bench at this point um, from a speed cross questions offside but he's not hits it first time straight into David Seaman just get this over with yeah I think Shutty thought he was offside and it just kind of came to him and he swings the leg and it came to him really quick as well so one of those where you don't expect to be trying to beat the goalkeeper from there you think it's just gonna, it's not going to come um, so the chance surprised him and he just hit it at Seaman but it's not like we were going to score another one if we got that one so we'll let him off it got to the point where particularly after they'd scored that he just wanted this game over, but that's kind of how it felt from the first half, basically. But it wasn't an honour for Wilkinson, this performance, though. I didn't like it. Our performance left such a lot to be desired. We are in danger of disappearing down the pan. Our display was certainly a long, long way from the standard we've come to expect and the standard we have set. We looked tired and it was just as though we lacked the will. Whatever way you want to measure the game, we did not compete enough, whether it was in skill, organisation, running, closing down or passing. We've lost our drive and whether that is in midfield or whatever, 
I tend to think it is collectively. And it's great that we've got a game in another two days and then another two days straight after that to test this theory. I mean, Christ, were we that bad? We weren't that. It's like all these games against Arsenal. We've never been loads worse than them. It's just that crucial difference, isn't it? It's things to improve on next year so we can be better than them. I get the feeling Wilkinson's pissed off because just in general, because in the build-up to this game and around this time, he has been talking about how far we've come that, you know, a year ago, the idea that we would be competing with Arsenal and uh, final, semi-final, whatever the hell this said yes thing actually is, away from Wembley and that we could be qualifying for Europe is incredible progress. And to be running the champions elect, because it doesn't look like Liverpool are going to catch Arsenal, so close over six games in one season, you know, is something to be proud of. But I think Wilkinson would have liked to win. I think that, and also to prove something to all the people who fucked up our fixtures. And it is also, it's a symptom of the fact that we are going into this week and starting it on, on a downer, isn't it? He did relent. He did say the next day that perhaps playing Arsenal all the time had been a factor. He said, I may have been wrong. At the moment, our players may be stale. Staleness can happen to people anywhere. So he, he did calm down a little bit, but I don't know if it was Gary Newbon sticking the microphone in his face straight after the match that got those quotes, but um, it's just... A, it's, just to recreate that, it went a little bit, something like this. You're right, Howard. Yeah, I'm fine. Are you sure? Is there something wrong? No, I'm fine. Okay. What do you think, Howard? Blah, blah, blah. It's one of those kind of uh, slightly stroppy situations, isn't it? Yeah, I understand. It's uh, It's been tough, but yeah, he slept on it and things have looked, looked a little brighter. Let's move on then to, well, this is exciting. Scottish left back, not David Robertson. Could do a lot worse than David Robertson. Young lad at Aberdeen, doing well up there, isn't he? I think. Although he's he probably knows Ferguson, doesn't he? Mm. Mark against him, but yeah. Well, so does this guy. That's true. Yes. How many games did he play for Man United last season when he was on loan there? It's a very curious one. We should take. We're talking about Rob McKinnon, who is a 24-year-old Scottish left back at Hartlepool. Well, he started his career at Newcastle, didn't he, though, first? That's the thing, but played one game and then got shipped out because he, well, I don't know if he was not good enough or what. He was uh, taken off in that game and replaced by Paul Gascoigne. Ah. And I think they lost 5-0, apparently. I think it was. I think it might have been two Tottenham. The thing about this Manchester United loan, I'm very confused by it. He went there on the 25th of May, 1990. No, I'm just going to say that's after the season has finished. Yes. So the, the last game of their season was the FA Cup final replay on the 17th of May. Yeah, so their next game presumably will be sometime in pre-season in July, let's say. You'd think so. It's very hard to work out what the hell happened. I mean, that partly explains why he didn't get a game for them, because... There weren't any. There weren't any. (laughs) So, I don't know. But even this, um, what's gone on with him this week is slightly unusual, because we're interested, apparently. I think we're desperate for left-backs. The left-back curse has even got to the, the point where Jimmy Greaves on the commentary was talking about the evil eye being uh, over everybody. Jim Beglin's been injured all season. Uh, Peter Haddock is out for the season, injured. Glenn Snowden's been injured. Mike Whitlow's been injured, but he's currently in the team. Chris Kamara's been injured. They've all worn number three and all got injured. So we need left-backs so that we can hurt them. Um, and Rob McGinn is a left-back, £150,000 linked from Hartlepool. And they they sent him last week so we could look at him. He could play in a trial match for us to see if we wanted to sign him or not. Hartlepool can't get, wait to get rid of this guy, can they? Well, it's an unusual... I mean, how often does that happen? When we were thinking about signing Gordon Strachan, did Alex Ferguson say, well, why don't you have him for a week and <laughs> organise a game, see what you think? It just, it's, it's an unusual thing to have heard about. Don't know if he did any good in this 
trial match or who we played or what the hell was going on. Have you um have you seen the name of his youth team that he came through in Scotland? It's the most. I, I think this may even be made up because it's the most Scottish named youth team ever. Rother Glen Glen Cairn. That's the name of his uh, of his youth it's team. It's like a, an Aldi whiskey would be called that. <laughs> and then he went on to uh, to Newcastle's um, youth system where he broke through just the once before he was replaced. Yeah, by Gaza. Well, we'll see how that one goes. But we're also interested in another Scotsman, Motherwell's Tommy Boyd. Not the broadcaster. No. The other one. Yes, Art Attack's Tommy Boyd, isn't it? Yeah, that's the one. But he's decidedly more expensive at 700,000 quid. Yeah, I think he's also been... It seems like he's the next player to move from Scotland to the first division. Chelsea is supposedly interested in him, but when they've got Tony Dorigo at left back, I'm not really sure how that's going to work out. The other, and Graham Lusso. What do they want another one for? And the other, um, the other hot name from the, the lower leagues at the moment is Hull striker Andy Payton. You can tell this is all because the uh, transfer deadline's coming up in uh, a couple of weeks. But um, we've been linked with strikers all season, so we may as well carry on. This B Sky B, I wonder if they'll show any of the um, the transfer deadline. Is there any coverage of it, maybe, on that day, or is it just do you find do you find out the day after in the papers? Like you'll pick up the YEP and see if we've signed someone. It's probably like War of the Monster Trucks or something. Maybe some <laughs> some drag racing to fill the hours. Oh, lawnmower racing. I remember that used to be on. Did it really? It did. Wow. Have to go back and look through the archives there, aren't we? Worth your worth your hundred quid a month. That isn't it. Uh, well, it'll be interesting to see if we do get anyone in before the deadline. Um, one of our existing cohorts, Strack, another Scotsman, nominated for PFA Player of the Year, which is a great accolade when you um, listen to the names that are uh, also in for this. Amongst the uh, the nominees, what, Gaza, Ian Wright, John Barnes there? Mark Hughes as well. He's another one. Yeah, so Strachan obviously should win because he's, you know, Strachan. a million times better than Mark fucking Hughes. And David Batty should win as well. He's nominated for Young Player of the Year, so if we could have a one-two. Uh, for our midfield and then maybe invent some other categories so that Gary Speed and Gary McAllister can have awards as well. And obviously, uh, I assume left back of the year will be Mike Whitlow, assuming he's healthy at the end of the season. In fact, I think, was that not the year that he uh, he was named in the Queen's New Year's Honours and he picked up his knighthood, was it, for his performances this season in the top flight? Just to become Sir Michael Whitlow. Just for wearing the number three shirt and getting through the season in one piece. <laughs> Well, we cling on to fourth spot in the table as it stands with that gap down towards uh, Man United just a little bit beneath us. And we will plough on to our next league fixture, which is, oh, it's, what, under a week away. Crystal Palace, we're going to be playing uh, playing them at home. So a big blockbuster third place tie there coming up. Hopefully we'll be a lot fresher by then, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, two games coming up midweek in the ZDS Northern Final. I wonder how that's going to fare on B Sky B. Only one way to find out, that's point your square reel at the sky and watch it. Simple as that. And we will return. What we're going to do, we'll do a match ball 30 because they're so close together, the ZDS finals. We'll do, should we do a single one? There's no point in us getting tired, is there? No, absolutely not. <laughs> we'll just, we'll, we'll combine it into one show. Those footballers don't know, they don't know hard work to this <laughs> till they try to do a, a 20 minute podcast. <laughs> and we'll be back, yes, for the Palace game at the weekend and, uh, Hopefully we can make a, a proper assault on third place if we're not too tired. We'll speak to you then. The Match Ball. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.